Uh, the morning service of Victory Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. And uh, our pastor uh, is away just for this Sunday. He'll be back tomorrow. And so uh, they went out to Kentucky for just a little bit uh, with Pastor Moore. And so we spent a little time out there, he and uh, Miss Robin and then Tony and Penny. So be traveling back tomorrow. So be praying for them as they come back tomorrow. But so good to have the Rochester family with us. We've been planning on that. So uh, great to see them. Of course, we've been praying much for them with Chloe and her her battle with cancer, and so continue to pray for them. But we're glad they could be here this morning, and they're going to minister to us in song. Brother Brent's going to preach in just a little bit. But we're glad you're here this morning. So I'm going to ask if you would please to stand, and uh, we're going to open up an order of prayer, and then uh, we're going to have a song. And so I'm going to ask Brother Ricky Campbell, if you would please, to open us up in order of prayer this morning. Yes. All right, remain standing if you would, please. Number 380, 380 as Brother Kenny comes to lead us. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse. Kenny's working through a little maze up here. That's okay, though. It's all part of it. 
we'll, uh, we're going to have an offering, and so uh, you give as uh, God's commanded, and be faithful. And God's uh, enabled us to, to give back just a small portion of what he's given to us. And then he's allowed us to be involved in, um, in faith promise missions and supporting missionaries all around the world. And uh, what a joy and privilege that is. So let's, uh, let's give as God expects us to and as he's commanded us to. And so, Brother Dale, would you lead us in prayer for the offering? This is her last Sunday has been a Lashley, and uh, this time next week she'll be a, what's that guy's last name? <laughs> Charles, <laughs> Charles, and so I, I did tell her this morning there was a 30-day annulment, isn't that what it is? No, I'm just kidding, I'm <laughs> just kidding, and so yeah, this time next week, I tell you, that's hard to believe, but um, it's, it's happening, amen? And so, listen, we're glad you're not you stand with us. So glad to have those visitors visiting with us. And uh, you make sure you greet those. Make sure you fill that visitor's card out. I hope you put it in the offering plate. And those watching by means of uh, internet, we're glad you're watching too. And so we're going to sing a little chorus. And um, I think it's on the back of the bulletin, I believe. Yes. And so if you want to use the back of your bulletin, maybe you already know it. But uh, let's sing it through. And you do your very best, and then we'll greet one another. Yeah. 
one another. You changed horses. Yeah, that's not the right one on the back of the bull, did it? No. I thought it was. Back of the actual wolf. I need to get a wolf. Sing it one more time as you make your way back to your seats. I thought I messed you up on the bulletin, but it did have the right course back there. I was looking at the wrong bulletin. Amen. I was looking at last week's bulletin. And uh, good to have Levi back here. He's um, got a little bit less wisdom than he had, uh, but y'all pray for him. Lost his wisdom teeth. Got taken out, so he might be off a little bit, so y'all bear with him. All right? No. Glad you got that done. He's back. All right. Take your bulletin, if you would, please. Let's go over a few things. And um, don't forget, uh, I have three missionary cards down here. These are missionaries that we took on uh, in our last meeting. And so uh, the Blackburns, um, if you remember them, and uh, Bolivia, going to Bolivia. The Praetors uh, going to Paraguay, uh, South America. And then the Cepex going to Guyana, South America. So those three uh, are there for adoption. So perhaps you've not adopted a missionary yet, or perhaps uh, maybe one of your missionaries transitioned. They're not on the field anymore. And um, so you can maybe uh, adopt them. There's little cards there. You can just sign your name, leave it there on the steps, and that'll be a help. And so please remember that. Uh, if you uh, are planning on coming to the wedding, it's going to be on Saturday uh, at 11 o'clock here at the church, reception to follow over at Cornerstone, if you signed up for that. And so um, please, looking forward to all of that. 
be praying for the week as we prepare and get ready for that. Be praying for Pastor, he'll be doing the ceremony. And so obviously be praying for Rebecca and Carrie and the families. And so we're excited about all that. Be praying for that if you would, please. We've got a sign-up sheet here for a couple of things. One for the um, couple's progressive supper. And so, um, and so if you can sign up for that, that just gives an idea how much food we need uh, for folks who will be participating. And then there's a sign-up sheet for this Virginia March for Life that's on February 21st. If you, if you have any idea you want to go to that or think about going to that, and we're thinking about taking a bus or a van or whatever if we have to. And, uh, and so we'll probably be leaving the church about 8.30 uh, in the morning and getting down uh, for, uh, the, uh, in Richmond, so it's a little bit of a drive. But we'll be back in time for church that night, so please don't worry about that. But if you want to go, sign up for that, and that would be helpful. Okay, look in your bulletin. We are having choir practice tonight um, at 5 o'clock, so 5 p.m. choir practice downstairs. So if you'll be uh, there in your place for that. And of course, the Rochester will be with us this morning and this evening. I'm glad they're here. Glad uh, we can spend some time with them. And uh, so be praying for them. And then officer and teachers meeting tonight, we will have that uh, at 5.30 downstairs. And so if you would please be here for that, we need to put some information out to all the teachers about next month, uh, some plans we're doing for missions conference, all of those things. So a very important meeting. If you can be in that meeting, uh, that'll be uh, downstairs once again at 5.30 tonight. And then uh, on next Sunday, we're doing, look at the bulletin you see, it's called Super Sunday, okay? And so um, this is our first fundraiser. Uh, for the mission trip to Honduras this summer. And so that's going to be the 15th through the 22nd, I believe, is, is the right time. And so um, we've got a group of about nine or ten of us going to Honduras. And so this is just going to be a donation-based only. We're going to provide lunch for you. Uh, it's going to be soup, uh, therefore Super Sunday, okay? And so, um, and so we'll have uh, our regular um, services up here uh, for Sunday school. It'll be um, by the Bob Lee, so combined Sunday school up here at 10 o'clock. Um, with Brother Bob Lee, uh, and so we support him in his ministry. And so uh, then we'll have our 11 o'clock service. He'll be speaking in that service as well. And then we'll have uh, the fellowship, and we'll have uh, lunch uh, for all who desire to stay. And, um, and so we hope all of you will stay and be a part of this. And it's, we'll just have a bucket set up. You can just give a donation uh, towards the mission trip, and, and everything that's given will go towards the mission trip. And so you don't have to bring anything unless we ask you to. As far as uh, folks making food, so we'll we'll provide all that. So please remember that. Don't forget to sign up for the progressive supper supper meal on the 16th. Brother Byron Fox will be here with us for the rally in the valley. He'll be praying for that meeting. He'll be over for the choir refresher on that Saturday, and then for the AM and PM service on the 25th. And then our Easter egg fundraiser begins, and that's for camp and uh, also for the mission trip as well. Uh, month, the month of March is a busy month with missions, with our scripture assembly. So pay attention to all those things if you would please. And, um, and make note of those dates and all of that stuff. That would be helpful to you in the future, all right? Well, it's so good to have, don't forget, I have these, um, a few of these left. I only ordered 15 more, and I think we're down to maybe like five or six. And so if you did not um, get one of the uh, devotionals for this year on Proverbs, Words to the Wise, very great, good devotional. Uh, they're out there. There's a little basket. You can put $5 per book and get one of those. That would be helpful, all right? So um, we're going to have Brother Brent come and his family. We're so glad that they're here. And, of course, we've been praying for them often. I know many of you have been praying for them uh, with the situation with uh, Coley and uh, her cancer. Chloe. I've got Coley and Chloe. So be praying for her and continue to pray for her. I believe she just had her, her, third, her last treatment on a 13th cycle, I believe I remember you telling her. So she's got 14 cycles she's doing. Right? Is that what you told me? Yeah. So be praying for her. Be praying for them as they make some adjustments. And so uh, they're going to sing some songs. And then uh, Brother Brent's going to preach to us here in just a little bit. All right?
with the Savior we enter the glory land. Won't it be wonderful there? Ended the troubles and cares of the story land. Won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Singing with heart bells all ringing Oh, won't it be wonderful there Walking and talking with Christ the supernal one Won't it be wonderful there Praising, adoring the matchless eternal one Won't it be wonderful there Won't it be wonderful there Singing with heart bells all ringing Oh, won't it be wonderful there There where the tempest will never be sweeping us Won't it be wonderful there Sure that forever the Lord will be keeping us Won't it be wonderful there Won't it be wonderful there Heart bells all ringing, oh, won't it be wonderful there? Sure that forever the Lord will be keeping us, won't it be wonderful there? Amen. Amen. Sure, I'm glad the Lord is going to forever be keeping us and uh, taking care of us and you know life eternal life everlasting you know it's not something we're going to have as believers we have it right now i'm just as much bound for glory and eternal life and everlasting life as i'll be after i'm already there (laughs) in fact the bible talks about we can sit together in heavenly places heavenly places in christ jesus right now so we can enjoy that and uh, you know why the Lord, uh, why it's going to be wonderful there? Wonderful's going to be there. That's one of Jesus' names. His name shall be called Wonderful. That's what's going to make heaven wonderful. All right, it's good to be with you folks today. And uh, I'd like to introduce our skeleton crew. <laughs> On our far right is Micah, our youngest son. Uh, he's uh, having to do extra duty trying to make up for Isaac we can't make up for Isaac but uh, we're trying to do the best we can hopefully Lord willing if everything goes well with Chloe, Chloe this afternoon Isaac plans to be with us tonight so we'll we'll have a full bore uh, group ready to go hopefully tonight of course we're going to have to practice with him we hadn't <laughs> sung with him but just a handful of times over the last year but when he can he all, if he can he can be with us uh, you know the Lord uh, allowing that so that'd be wonderful to have him tonight on our left is Kidron our only daughter thank the Lord for her and uh, you know their willingness to serve Jesus uh, you know sometimes you, you gotta just kind of reach down deep and uh, you know go just keep on going you know and the Lord helps you when you just keep on going and try to serve him the best you can uh, Michael won't you introduce uh, say a word of testimony introduce this next song 
uh, this next song that we're going to do. We've been trying to work out some new songs because uh, with, without Isaac, it makes it hard to do a lot of the songs, with the, especially the bluegrass stuff. you got to have a good guitar player, you know. So uh, we're looking forward to him being with us tonight. But uh, this next song that we're going to do, it's a, it's a new one for us. And I hope I can see them words all the way down there. I'll do the best I can. But uh, this song is called Help is on the Way. And it's always talking about that woman in the Bible, Elijah. The Lord sent Elijah there. And, um, really, I think until you have something happen in your life where you feel like you're at the bottom of your barrel, you don't realize that the Lord has already been working up to that point. You know, you can't really see it until that event happens. And then you see how the Lord has worked out everything leading up to that in preparation for that event. And I'm thankful for that. And, you know, there's so many things in Scripture. You know, I know that we believe God by faith. But it's a wonderful thing whenever you can see the Lord work and understand how he works. And that just confirms uh, that faith that you've uh, placed in him. And I'm looking forward to one day I get to heaven. And, boy, I won't have to worry about anything anymore. We won't have events. We're, we're, it is going to be an event. It just won't ever end. You know, it's going to be a good one, and it won't ever end, and I'm looking forward to that day. But I hope you all enjoy this song. A woman in the Bible days, her last meal almost gone. God sent Elijah to make his word known. He said, woman, don't you worry. God sent me today. And before you even asked him, help was on the way. Just hold on. brighter day is coming for those who believe and pray help won't help tomorrow if you give up today so just hold on a little longer help is on the Troubles of this life come by and burdens get you down. You think no one is listening. You think no one's around. Just remember what his word says. Trust him and obey. Keep your eyes toward the heavens. Cause help is on the way Just hold on a little longer Help is on the way A brighter day is coming For those who believe and pray Help won't help tomorrow If you give up today so just hold on a little longer, help is on. 
So just hold on a little longer Help is on the way Kidron, won't you give a word? And this will be our last song. Well, I really believe that the Lord gave us this song for this season in our life. And uh, we were in Florida about a month before uh, Chloe, um, we found out that Chloe had cancer, and we had not been working out any new songs recently. We're bad about that. And so we were taking a little bit of time just to work on some songs that we needed to learn, and this was one of them. And we had no idea um, that we were going to be in a valley very soon, and this song is called In the Valley, and it's been a song that's been very uplifting to me. I hope you enjoy it. It's a beautiful song. In the valley. When I flow in spirit, I cry, Lord, lift me up. I want to go higher with thee. But the Lord knows I can't live on the mountain. And so he picked out a valley for me. He leads me beside still waters, still waters, somewhere in the valley. He draws me aside to be tested and tried, but in the valley he restored my soul. It's dark as the dungeon, and its sun seldom shines, and I question, Lord, why must this be? Then he tells me there's strength in my sorrow And there's victory in trials for me He leads me beside still waters Somewhere in the valley He draws me aside to be tested and tried, but in the valley he restoreth my soul. He draws me aside to be tested and tried, but in the valley, in the valley, in the valley, in the valley. In the valley, he restoreth my
victory, and uh, hope you still have the victory here. <laughs> uh, the Lord wants us to have victory, by the way. I know that sounds like good preacher talk, but it's uh, biblical talk. It's like a Sunday school uh, teacher brought out this morning that uh, the Lord wants us to uh, have victory. He wants us to uh, have peace and and contentment and joy always. And uh, so I know that's easier easier said than it is done, but uh, it's still the Lord's will that you have victory. All right, you thank you, Pastor. God bless you, sir. All right. Yeah, if you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to Daniel chapter 6. And while you're turning there, I'll try to get rigged up here. Daniel chapter 6. You know, everybody's got a, got a different sort of device, brother. I have to get used to these different ones. But I'm glad you don't have one of those that wraps around your head and your ear because they're always custom fit to the pastor. Did you, did you hear that? To the pastor, not for a visiting preacher. <laughs> so uh, I've tried before, and they keep falling, keep falling, but I like this kind of bit. <laughs> this always works better. But anyway, uh, I'd like to give you an update on Chloe. Uh, the Lord brought her home last night from a one-night hospital stay. UVA needs some help from Chick-fil-A. I'm telling you what, uh, they got to the hospital about noon on a Friday. supposed to be just an afternoon chemo overnight just to watch. Well, they didn't even start the chemo until 9.30. So she has to, she and her mama and daddy has to, have the chemo going all night plus the medication. This particular one, they have to give her an extra medicine to protect her heart. Isaac says it's the one he worries about the most because they have to give her extra protection medicine for her heart on this one and also for her bladder. And then they have to flush it out with a lot of water and so her face and all gets swollen from all of the fluid they put in her. And, and so, brother, we pray not only for her healing, but for her protection, you know, through all these other medications and things they have to give her along the way that's uh, designed to keep other bad things from happening. But anyway, they didn't get done with the chemo to 8.30 Saturday morning. So it was an all-night affair. And uh, so I figured if Chick-fil-A goes over there with their management team, about two days they'd have all that straightened out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. It might be a lot more complicated than that. But anyhow, just keep praying for Chloe. Uh, she, as the pastor said, she does, uh, she's in her 13th cycle and a cycle can be several chemo treatments. She has 14 in all, so she only has one more to go. And that hopefully will be around, if we have no more delays, it should happen around the first or second week of uh, March, maybe late February, we're not sure, but it'll be a four- uh, day hospital, four night hospital stay. That is the worst one of all, but that will be the last one. She's had five of those throughout the past year, but this will be her fifth one and final fourth, 14th cycle of all the chemo that she's had to do. She had to do a full month of radiation during the month of May, I believe it was. And that was pretty tough having that and chemo at the same time for just a little three-year-old girl. She turned four years old uh, in the midst of all that. So we hope to have her done with all of that before her fifth birthday, which will be April the 20th. We're building her a tree house. 
She wants a treehouse. She watched Swiss Family Robinson the other day. <laughs> and she saw, we can't build one like that, brother. But we are attempting to build her a pretty nice, we had a guy come up, uh, Brother Daniel, we're preaching from Daniel today, but anyway, Brother Daniel Robbins came up and uh, helped us uh, the last two days. We've been working on that tree house. So uh, I told my wife, it's going to be pretty nice. We might take a night or two out there. <laughs> and it's going to have a swinging bridge. It's going to have a, a ramp that she runs up from one platform to another. And uh, <clears throat> Kidron and Chloe's all already talking about making some homemade curtains for her new tree house. So uh, just give, give her something to look forward to. You know, if you got something to look forward to, and boy, we got heaven to look forward to. Amen. Amen. <laughs> as long as you got something to look forward to, brother, you can make it. Amen. <laughs> that helps me, I know. Are you there in Daniel? I'm not there. Would you stand to your feet, please? Stand to your feet as we read a portion out of God's holy and infallible and inspired word today. I'd like to bring you a message. This is not a short one now. Would you, will you hang in there with me for about... 30 minutes and uh, 35 maybe. <laughs> You've heard this before. <laughs> uh, just pray that I won't wax too eloquent today. But anyway, this Daniel plus that Daniel equals this Daniel. <laughs> I hope you'll see what I mean before we get done this morning. Daniel chapter 6, let's begin reading in verse number 1. It pleased Darius. Now if you listen to Alexander Scorby, he probably will say Darius, but anyway, I like Darius, so I'm going to say Darius. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel, there's that phrase, the first time I see it, this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to make him, or set him, Daniel, over the whole realm. Brother Lane, would you pray for us this morning? Father, thank you so much for your word and for the truth that we've heard the song this morning, Lord. We thank you for the comfort and joy we have in Jesus Christ. Yes, Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You may be seated. We're talking about the nation of Israel here, but not exactly the nation of Israel because we have some captives that have been taken out of the what once was the nation of Israel into Babylon. Daniel being one of these captives. Think about it. He's just a Hebrew slave. He's a captive in this foreign land, Babylonia. Uh, the nation of Judah has been attacked. The capital, Jerusalem, has been plundered by these Babylonians. The date is 605 B.C. It's when this took place. They took the holy vessels. They stole them away. They took Daniel and some other young guys by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... And uh, they took these boys down to Babylon. And by the time you get to Daniel chapter 6, the Babylonians are over. 
they've been overtaken by the Medes and the Persians. Darius is their uh, leader, uh, king, you might say. And so now Daniel, not only has he survived one empire, the Babylonian empire, now he's going through this Medo-Persian. Uh, he's surviving it also. So he's served not only Babylonian kings, now he's serving Medo-Persian kings, this Persian monarch by the name of Darius who had conquered the Babylonians. And now we're going to see this Daniel, this Daniel, the preferred one, he's going to become that Daniel, the persecuted one. And by the time you get to the end of the chapter, he's going to make a full circle. He's going to be this Daniel again, the prospering one. So let's look at it. This Daniel, first of all, the preferred one. What do you think Darius preferred Daniel? Did you notice these bureaucrats? <laughs> he selected 120 of them to be over the realm. And then he selected three presidents to be over the 120 administrators or bureaucrats, whatever you want to call them. But then he sets Daniel up as the first among the three. So he's over the whole thing. And so uh, I think the reason why he preferred Daniel, he has seen something special right. in Daniel. What do you think he saw? Well, first of all, I think he saw a man of character. What is character? Well, I think it's been the same on the inside as what we profess to be with our mouths. Uh, not saying one thing and doing another. You know, a man of character is, is not a, a man filled with uh, double-mindedness or duplicity. A man of character or a woman of character. By the way, what does true biblical character come from. I believe it comes from having a close walk with Jesus, don't you? Now, there's two aspects to a man or woman's character. <clears throat> You've probably heard these before, perhaps. Somebody said the true test of your character is what you do when nobody's watching. When nobody's looking, what, what do you do when you're by yourself and nobody is observing what you're doing? Well, that's part of the test of your true character. But then on the opposite side of that coin, let's think about it this way. I think also the true test of a man's character is what he does knowing that people are watching. That's called peer pressure. What do you do when you're by yourself? And on the other hand, what do you do when you know people are observing you? And so that's called peer pressure. And we all have faced that from time to time. Uh, not only school kids, but older kids like us, right? <laughs> There's a lot of peer pressure. In fact, that's one of the most powerful things in this world. That's why people do what they do mostly is because of what they saw somebody else do. <laughs> Daniel is a man of character. Not only that, he's a man of integrity. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, these guys never fit in with the crowd. But somehow they like cream on Raw milk, they, they always had a tendency to rise to the top. Why? Because of their integrity. I looked up the word integrity. It's a, it comes from a root word, a mathematical word. You probably had this in school if you can think back that far. Integer. You remember studying integers? Well, integer. <laughs> Brother, we'll just have a math lesson right here just in case you missed it. You, you was a thinking about something else that day. But anyway, an integer is a whole number. And uh, we might have some math teachers out here. Maybe you concur with this. Uh, a person with integrity, I think, is a person with character that's whole. 
Uh, they're not split up into fractions, so to speak. A man of integrity or a woman of integrity, you don't have to go out in public incognito, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, you're always the same. Don't you like people that are always the same? Never two-faced? Well, Daniel was a man of character, a man of integrity. I think integrity is synonymous with truth. Daniel, a man of integrity, I believe had truth way down deep. Psalm 51, 6, David said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Daniel, a man of integrity, also was guided by this truth from the Lord. Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Daniel was a man of character. He was a man of integrity. I believe his truth went all the way down to the bone. That's how deep it was in Daniel. Think with me. Why did Darius prefer Daniel because of his character, because of integrity. I believe Daniel was Darius' first choice when it came to running the entire kingdom efficiently. You notice the word no damage, that the king might not suffer any damage. I think that's probably talking a lot, whole lot about money right there. <laughs> if you're going to run a kingdom, you better have the money taken care of. So he put Daniel, over the entire operation, chosen out of 120 princes to become uh, the first of three presidents. And uh, so this Daniel we're talking about, he's the preferred one. Why? Because he has an excellent spirit, the Bible says. I believe Darius knew that he could trust Daniel implicitly. He just knew that he could. Uh, I believe Darius entrusted the finances of the entire entire kingdom into Daniel's hands. Why? Because he knew that, first of all, 120 bureaucrats can't be trusted. <laughs> we got a lot of bureaucrats in our government today, don't we? I think that's a whole lot of our problem, by the way. But anyway, Daniel was put over these uh, bureaucrats. Not only that, but the other two guys who were made administrators. Daniel was first among the three. Because back in ancient times, don't you think even in ancient times like the Mede and Persian Empire, there was a lot of fraud. There was a lot of corruption. There was a lot of bribery, extortion, all these things that we see in our modern governments today. But he knew that Daniel was totally trustworthy. He was totally dependable. Dr. Bob Jones, the senior, used to say, Dependability is the greatest ability. I believe that. Darius knew the integrity of Daniel. He knew that Daniel would keep the books so well that he wouldn't have to worry about any corruption or loss of, of money. The king's court, the king's finances would be taken care of. You know, many times in governments, I'm sure it's true back in ancient times just like it is today, the officials might skim off some of the tax money, the tax revenue, <laughs> And perhaps by keeping false financial records. I mean, it's been done for millenniums. Darius is now thinking, listen, 
A Hebrew slave now. Daniel's just a Hebrew slave. Darius is now thinking of making Daniel the second most powerful man in the entire Medo-Persian Empire. That's pretty good for a Hebrew slave, isn't it? Why? Because he was preferred. Because he had an excellent spirit. And you know what? When you got character like Daniel had and when you got integrity like Daniel had, somebody's going to test you. <laughs> the devil's going to see to it that you're going to be tested. Darius preferred Daniel, but his peers didn't prefer him. And so this Daniel, I believe, was upsetting their apple cart because they wanted to keep things the way they always had been, the status quo, perhaps like enriching themselves uh, by pocketing some of the tax money perhaps. And they didn't want this strange Hebrew around keeping things straight and above board for the king. And they couldn't stand the thought of Daniel being elevated above them. So what did they do? They devised a plan. <laughs> uh, they conspired a, a strategy to get rid of Daniel. You know what the first thing they did? Let's read it in verse 4. Then these presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. So the first thing they tried to do was to uh, uh, dig up some dirt on Daniel as far as his handling of the king, king's business. They dug long and hard trying to find some fault with Daniel. But brother, they, they came up empty. They found no trace of, of negligence. They found no hint of corruption. They found out that Daniel couldn't be bought off. They found out that Daniel couldn't be blackmailed. You see, Daniel was not like a lot of so-called Christians today. Daniel just wear his religion on Sunday like a coat, put it on on Sunday, conveniently take it off on Monday. We've got a lot of Sunday Christians today. <laughs> they look good on Sunday, but during the week you might not even think they love the Lord at all. That's when it dawned on Daniel's conspirators that the only way to take him down, the only way to take Daniel out of the picture was to convince the king, Darius, to enact a law that would put this Daniel, we're talking about this Daniel, in a position of having to disobey his God. Because they have observed him too much and they knew he wouldn't do that. And so they set a trap concerning his faith. In particular, they set the trap of trying to put Daniel in the predicament of disobeying God's first law, his first commandment, that is, Worshiping or praying to any other God besides the true and living God. That's, that was the test. We're going to move from this Daniel now, the preferred one, to that Daniel, the persecuted one. Let's pick up verse number 5. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel. There's that phrase again, this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. <clears throat> All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute 
and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. They have not only trapped Daniel, but they have trapped the king. They have set, set him up by buttering him up, first of all, and said, king, oh, King Darius, let's have a 30-day Darius month. We're going to honor you. We're going to worship you. We're going to pray to you for 30 days. And if anybody does any different, and guess who, had that, who they had in mind when they <laughs> come up with this plan? In case anybody does anything different, we're going to cast him into the den of lions. Don't that sound good, King Darius? Oh, it sounds good to me. So he signs, you know, he signs off <laughs> without realizing what has been done to him. So, I want to say this about Daniel. He was a praying man. He prayed every day. He prayed every day with the windows open. Three times a day, with his windows open, facing Jerusalem, Daniel prayed. These conspirators knew all about that. They had watched him time after time, no doubt. And they knew Daniel's consistency. What is consistency? Well, I looked it up. It's being in the habit of doing the same thing on a regular basis. These conspirators knew just how consecrated Daniel was. They knew about his consistent prayer life. They knew that Daniel walked with God. He talked with God on a daily basis. By the way, how consistent is our walk with the Lord? They knew that his consistency was that he prayed every day. They also knew that he had a conscience. Now everybody's got a conscience, but they knew that Daniel had a conscience that was guided by the law of his God, not by the laws of the Medes and the Persians. They knew, according to verse 5, we just read it, that Daniel's first devotion was to the law of his God. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 13 that we are to obey the powers that be. What does that mean, the powers that be? That's the government. Paul spells it out for us that we are to obey the powers that be so long as they don't infringe on our duty to obey our God and His commandments. You got that? We are to be obedient citizens of the United States government. But I will say this, when the government requires us to go against the commandments of our Lord. What should we do? Well, Peter says in Acts 5, 29, that we ought to obey God in that circumstance rather than men. That's pretty simple, isn't it? We are to be good, obedient citizens as long as our powers above us require us to go against this. And when they do... We, too are, we are to obey God rather than men. You see, Daniel was not guided primarily by the laws of the Medes and the Persians. He was guided primarily by the laws of our God. 
Now they also, not only they knew Daniel's consistency and his conscience guided by the laws of his God, but they knew that Daniel had convictions to do the right thing in the midst of adversity. Now, brother, I've observed a lot of things over the last, I'm 66, let's see, I'm doing a little math here, brother. I got saved when I was eight, over the last 58 years. Been saved 58 years. I, I have seen a few things. <clears throat> There's a big difference between opinions and preferences and true biblical convictions. Brother, I've seen it where standards, they call them, they, they come and go, they change with the, with the wind almost or a new pastor. But brother, if you've got biblical-based convictions, you're going to stick by it. Not for your own glory, but for the glory of the God who gave you those convictions. Now, if you've got convictions, you're going to stick by it. Because it's going to be down deeper than here. <laughs> it's going to be down here because you want to please the Lord. That's what convictions are all about is pleasing God. Daniel had convictions, first of all, that brought glory to his God. You see, he knew that the decree had been signed. We read that in verse, well, we hadn't read it yet, verse 10. Let's go ahead and read that. Verses 10 through uh, 17, let's pick it up. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, see, he knew all about this. What did he do? He still went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled. Oh, they got him now. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying, just like they knew they would, and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, <laughs> if you notice it went from this Daniel, <laughs> that Daniel, we're talking about the persecuted Daniel. Now, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. He knew he'd been trapped. He knew he'd been tricked because he loved Daniel. And set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Verse 15. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is that no decree nor statute with the, which the king establisheth may be changed. They're going to hold his feet to the fire here. You signed it, king. You can't change it. You know how we are. <laughs> the king knew very well that once he signed the decree, even he couldn't change it. Verse 16, then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet 
and with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. After Daniel knew that the decree had been signed, he went and prayed anyway. We just read it three times a day, fully aware of the penalty. <laughs> he knew what was coming if he continued to pray to God, which is what a man of integrity would do, which is doing right. Going back to Dr. Bob Jones Sr. again, uh, he said, do right even if the stars fall. Just do right. Daniel's conviction to pray to God made him guilty as charged. You see, he his conspirators had set the trap knowing that Daniel would continue to be obedient to the Lord by praying to him as he always had done. Now, listen, if you were tried as a Christian, you've probably heard this before, but if you were tried for, for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you or me? That's something to think about. Isn't it? That's something to think about. Listen, what convictions do we really have concerning worshiping and praying to the God of heaven and earth? In other words, it's one thing to worship and pray in the privacy of our own homes, but what if praying to God were a criminal offense? They caught you praying as these men have prayed already today. What if they made it a criminal offense to pray what if worshiping the true and living God <laughs> meant staring the face of a hungry lion? What would we do? What faith this man Daniel had, what courage, what commitment he had in standing firm for his Lord and for his God. You think with me, people. How easy, I mean, how easy would it have been for Daniel to compromise here? <laughs> Isn't it so easy to compromise with this world, with the flesh, with the devil? Does God want us to compromise with those things? No, he wants us to stand firm. He wants us to stand true for him. You see, Daniel could have decided to take a break from praying. I mean, Lord, I've been faithful to you all these years, faithfully pray. Uh, God, certainly you will understand because I have been faithful, so faithful up till now. And he could have decided just for a moment, just for 30 days to please men instead of God. He could have taken the easy way out. He could have hid his religion just for 30 days. <laughs> Go along with the king's decree He could have caved into the peer pressure. We talked about that aspect of characters. What do we do while people are watching? Remember, are we living for God in such a way that people that know us at work, at school, whatever, they already know where we're going to stand when the test comes? I mean, they could easily set a trap for us because they know what we're going to do. <laughs> Hopefully it's going to stand true to the word of God. Daniel was true to the truth that was way down deep, that inward truth that he had from the Lord. Now we've gone from this Daniel, the preferred one, to that Daniel, the persecuted one. We're going to make a full circle and come right back around to this Daniel. Let's pick up and begin reading in verse number 18. 
Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Verse 21, then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. <laughs> There's the acid test right there. He believed in his God. Verse 24. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Who ended up getting protected here? Who ended up getting preserved by the Lord here? It was Daniel, the servant of God. Darius was the one who suffered a loss of a whole night's sleep. <laughs> he spent the whole night fasting. He said, don't even turn the radio or the TV. I don't want to hear no music. He's pacing the floor. King Darius worried about Daniel all night long. I can see Daniel down there in the den of lions. He's probably done cozied up to one of those big male lions with the big furry mane. Lord's taking care of me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and the king's up there pacing the floor, word sick about what's happening to his friend Daniel. Who was it that ended up getting brought in and thrown into the den of lions? Daniel's enemies and the entire families, all of them. I guess there's 120 plus probably the other two presidents and all their families got thrown. Boy, it must have been a lot of hungry lions down there. They ate them up before the, anything hit the bottom of the, the deck. <laughs> but God shut the lion's mouth for Daniel. I don't know how he did it, brother. I don't know if he gave him the lockjaw or whether he just Made him feel full. <laughs> but somehow the Lord caused those lions not to touch Daniel or to harm him or hurt him. <laughs> anyway, isn't that amazing? And then Daniel gets returned back to his prominent position of being this Daniel again. Let's pick up verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, Nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree. <laughs> this is my idea. <laughs> I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth 
And he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Here we come. Here's this Daniel again. <laughs> so this Daniel, the prospering one. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, not only in the, he's going to go serve another king now, not only Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. God just keeps on blessing <laughs> and blessing <laughs> and blessing and using Daniel to be a great testimony a real breathing, living testimony to the Gentile world of what can, God can do with just a little old Hebrew slave. <laughs> Reminds me of Joseph, don't you? Who became prime minister over all of Egypt, second only to, to Pharaoh. This Daniel becomes prospered by God once again. Now I want to talk briefly just in the couple of minutes we have here about Daniel's prayer life. Y'all believe in prayer? Yeah. I believe the prayers of God's people is what's going to see Chloe through this trial. And thank you folks for praying. It's the greatest gift <laughs> in all the world is to pray for somebody else. Agent Rogers once said, prayer can do anything God can do. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't that good? Prayer can do anything that God can do. I want to say that Daniel had many admirable qualities. Let's go over a few of them. He had godly character. He had genuine integrity. He lived a consistent, steadfast, trustworthy life, dependable, a man of conscience governed by the laws of his God, a man with a conviction to do right no matter the cost. But there's something special about this man's Daniel's prayer life. I want you to notice it. Look at verse again, verse number 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. And his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. Notice the next phrase. And gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Did you notice in this prayer there's no panic? <laughs> He knows the decree has been signed. There's no begging God to give him somehow an exit from this dilemma. There's no panic that I can detect in this prayer. Not a desperate prayer at all. It was primarily a prayer of thanksgiving. What well, must be something powerful about thanking the Lord? I think it's one of the verses we read in Sunday school this morning about being thankful. The Bible says, giving thanks always for all things unto God. Ephesians 5 20, I believe, is, is where that verse is. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. I tell you, thanksgiving is important. Daniel's prayer life tells me much about his kind of religion. He had the kind of religion that would stand the test during a crisis. Why? Because he treasured and, and, and loved his relationship with his God more than anything else in the whole world. <laughs> In other words, he treasured being able to commune and talk with the Lord and walk with the Lord on a daily basis. That was the most important thing to Daniel. That was worth any price that he had to pay. The question to us today is, what kind of religion do we have? Do we have a religion of convenience? Boy, we're so spoiled today, aren't we? 
Do we have the kind of religion to help us make it when we're finding ourselves in a real pressurized test or situation? I got a feeling that convenient religion won't make it when things get really tough. (laughs) And things could really get tough. This once a week, people talk about Sunday Christians, this uh, so-called once a week supplement uh, to our lives, brother, that just won't cut it when the pressure's on. What will help us cut it when the pressure and the test comes? I believe only having a right relationship with Jesus, that we value God above anybody or anything else, is going to help us stand the test. And we need to decide that now. You can't wait till the test comes and then decide, because I know what we're going to decide if we wait till then. <laughs> We've got to decide right now. What are we going to do when the pressure is on and when the test comes? Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, don't let that just be empty talk when we say thank you. Let it be a heartfelt thanks. Thanksgiving, Lord, for what you've done for us. Lord, you bled and died on an old rugged cross for us. Lord, the least we can do is live for you and be a living sacrifice. Lord, you're not interested in dead sacrifices anymore. You're interested in living sacrifices, living out our lives for Jesus. That would be holy, acceptable, perfect will of God. Let us not be conformed to this world, but help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord, bless this church. Lord, bless bless Brother Lane and Brother Ogden, Lord, as they uh, labor here, lead the folks here. Lord, I pray that you bless this ministry. Lord, give them souls, Lord, through the missions and Lord, the outreach here in this community. Lord, and I pray that you just continue to help us to grow in grace and the knowledge and, Lord, the the power that we can have serving a wonderful Savior that we have in Jesus. We ask it all in his name for his sake. Brother Lane, would you come, brother? Would you stand with me, please? Take your songbook there and um, turn to number 294. And Rebecca's going to begin to play here. Let me ask you a few questions this morning. Do you know the Lord? I mean, there's been a time in your life where you've been born again, where you've been saved. You've accepted that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's available. Uh, it's, it's available right now, just as you are as we're getting ready to sing. Do you know the Lord? If you don't know the Lord, we'd like to take the Bible and show you how to be saved. If you'll just walk this aisle, we'll uh, have someone take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Maybe you're not a member here. Maybe you need to join this church. Perhaps God has spoken to your heart about something in this passage of Scripture. And it's applicable to all of us. There's no doubt about that. Daniel, because of his preference, was persecuted. And what he did with the persecution prospered him. I mean, God blessed him as a result of his faithfulness, as a result of his surrender his steadfastness his standing where he always stood with God and he prayed so however God spoke in your heart the altar's open perhaps you just need to come and pray 
Maybe you could just come and play for, uh, pray for Chloe, that God would touch her body and continue to be with her family, not only for healing, but for protection through all these things that she's going through. That might be a good thing if, if a lot of us would gather down here and just pray specifically for her this morning. But we're going to sing the song. If we can help you anyway, please, please come as we, as we sing the song. Find it, number 294, Just As I Am, without one plea. Would you come as we sing this morning? Just as I am.